I get it. Okay, again, Gina, there's too much, so I'm going to constantly keep it moving. Okay. I want us to expand a little bit internationally. First of all, I want us to start within the region of Africa. And what better place to start than Madiba, yeah. Nelson Mandela, president, the great legend. Wonderful, wonderful human being, somebody I'd always wanted to meet. Um, and, you know, I get... And I'd, and I'd made it very public that if there's one person I wanted to <laughs> You're putting it out him, there. I'm like, should you ever? And one day I get a call saying, where are you? And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in my office. Can you come to Intercontinental? Like, why? So it's, you, you're going to meet Madiba. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so the first thing I did was call Michael Joseph because Michael and I always shared that, that that was one person we both wanted to meet. And so... I, I said to Michael, I don't think I'm allowed to take somebody, but just come. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll work it out later. And, and Michael said, don't go in without me. And I'm like, no, I'll wait for you. you know? So we both <laughs> meet at the entrance of the Intercontinental. And then Madiba arrives. And, the, and I go to meet him at the car. And he, so we walk in the, into the hotel together. And everybody starts to clap. And the, everybody stands up. People that were sitting having coffee, staff, everybody stands up. And he sort of looks at me and he says, what are they clapping about? And I said, it's for you, Madiba, because you're a wonderful man. And he turned around, and I'll never forget, he turned around and he put both his hands on my shoulders and he said, and you, you're a wonderful lady. Never forget that. What? And I was like, I was just blown away because he looked straight into my eyes and he just, and he, you know, and he had this ability of making everybody feel so special. You know, and the, I mean, just his humility. He like, he's like, what are all these people clapping and yeah. standing? And I, I'm like, well, obviously, you know. And then we went to lunch and I got to sit next to him. And it was just the most special time ever. He was so interesting, so forgiving. Just... Why had he come down to Kenya? You know, I can't remember. I think there was a, probably an event that he was doing here. I, I really can't remember what it was. But I just know that I got to spend three hours, um, you know, talking to him and him very interested in what I'm doing. And, you know, talking about Africa, and the importance of the voice of the continent. And, and actually, a lot of the things that he said just started, made me think, you know, like, okay, so who, who's going to shape the conversation? Mm. You know, who, we are. Is he the one who planted that seed? I think he is. I you know, I think I started thinking a lot more about the continent mm. after meeting him. Um, but then, you know, I, I then started sort of talking a lot more and looking at at the Kenya, or the African story from a Western perspective mm. and getting quite tired, mm. you know, of the famine, um, the conflict. The fly. The, yeah, and the corruption and everything. And, and also, you know, don't forget in 2007, 2008, I was very, I was a big part of, you know, the, um, the peace process for um, after post-election violence. Yeah. Um, and we're going to come to that. In fact, I, I just want to know. So, I, I, I again, as I said, Gina, there's too much. <laughs> With Kofi Annan, I know there's a lot. Yes. There's a story that you have there. And we're coming there. Don't worry. Yeah. I just want so. Uh, but on Madiba. Africa, I was just very, so, any, you know, sort of meeting him and, and just realizing, you know, how many great people we have on the continent. Did you get to meet him again? I, I did. I got, I got to meet him one more time in South Africa. Um, but, you know, I'd read so much about him. I, I mean, just the fact that he was so forgiving mm. in spite of everything that he'd been through. And, and just the statesman that he was, you know, just an incredible, incredible person. But I also then, you know, I, I was morphing at that point in my mm -hmm. life. And, and, what, from, and what era are we talking, what time, what, what time frame are we so talking about? I think, you know, I, mean, I probably had my business maybe 
I don't know, 10 years or around okay. then, and really had captured the Kenyan market. Uh -huh. You know, I was, you know, but, and it wasn't so much about, you know, growing my business. It was just about what are we doing as a continent? Mm. So it was know? more impact that you it wanted. It was more impact. And, you know, and then I started sort of looking, sort of saying the African story, who's telling it. Mm. And it would, very rarely would it be Africans telling the African story. You know, you'd go to a university and there'd be an African talk by uh, Mr. Davis or something, you mm. know. And you'd be like, where are the African experts? Because they exist. Mm. And why aren't they telling the story? Um, and then, you, you know, you'd look at the Western correspondents that lived in Nairobi, whom I knew, um, but who were living in Karen. Mm. And then saying, oh, you know, this country is screwed because of this, this, this. And they didn't really know the country. Mm. You know, and anyway, they were here for two years and they'd leave. Yep. So, you know, so I was very then started to saying, oh, okay, I want to be part of shaping the African conversation. Um, and I started to, to talk about Africa a lot more. But then I met a friend of mine, a, a person I'd known for a long time, an African, who, who lives in the States, actually lives in Houston. And he said to me one day, he said, so this shaping African conversations mm. you're talking about, how much of Africa have you seen? And I was like, well, I've been to Joburg, I've been to Cape Town, <laughs> I've been to Dar, uh, I've been to Kampala. And he's like, oh, Ooh. that gives you authority to shape the African conversation. And I thought, you know, how rude are you, you know? And then he said something to me which really made a difference. He said, you know, you're like, you're like the travel agent that just wants to sell somebody a ticket to a destination that they don't know. Like you just go to a travel agent and they'll be like, oh, yeah, mm. you want to go to Hawaii? Yeah, here's mm. a ticket. And he said, and that's what you are. You're talking about a conversation about a place you don't know. But what you need to be is you need to be a tour operator. That's the guy on the ground mm. that's taking you around. Powerful. And that was so powerful. I came home that night and I'm like, wow, that is so interesting that I've just been this travel agent. And yet I want to be the tour operator. And how am I going to do that? I need to experience these places. And so, you know, then I started to, to actually do Africa. And, you know, our holidays would be a lot more on Kigali and, mm. you know, um, Nigeria, Accra. I mean, just Dakar, just incredible places, incredible people, beautiful cultures. Mm. And I started to really feel even more the importance of the African identity. And, and I mean, for me now, I'm just like, I love it. I mean, Nigeria, you either love it or you hate it. Mm. I absolutely loved the chaos, mm -hmm. you know, that arriving there was just like, it was overwhelming in every sense of the word, <laughs> but the spirit yep. and the, and, 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 and the, the hungriness of the people and, and the fact that they, they're, they're not, they're not willing to be dependent. They, they want to do it on their hustle. Mm. They want to make it on their own. I was so like, wow, these guys are amazing. You know, and so I would look forward to, to my trips to, to Nigeria. I would do, I did some work in, in, in Nigeria and Accra. What, what, um, I know you worked with, is it the president of, of Ghana? Of Ghana? Mm. Uh, what, 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 what did you help him with his campaign or what was yeah, it? Yeah, so he's a friend um, okay. and, you know, he's, he went, to, he um, had two campaigns in, that, in the time that I knew him. And, and so I was, you know, helping um, with his, with his, with the work that he was doing yes. on his branding, but he was a one. He was a wonderful person, and it was also really interesting for me to see an election in a different African country mm. at very close quarters. Um, but I mean, Africa's just an incredible continent, and you know we have such an agency here because we have so many young people. We have such a great voice. Mm. 
that you know, we have to tell our stories. Young people need to realize on the continent that we have such incredible agency. We have to, we have to make noise. We have to say what's right. I mean, right now we're, you know, we're looking at the whole issue around vaccines. Mm. I mean, how can we have countries vaccinating kids and yet there's not enough vaccines for the people of this continent, the mm. vulnerable people. I mean, mm. you know, we, we have to start talking about these things. Whew. Gina, again, we keep it moving with you because there's so much like th- that that you have done. Just because you mentioned presidents, I want us to start with, uh, I don't even know which, oh, well, let's start at home. Um, on one end, I've seen Raila come to your office. On the other end, I've seen you with President Uhuru. I've seen you, just talk about so that. So for me, you know, I, th- I think, you know, there's a huge advantage when you don't belong to a tribe. 